Welcome to the Red Clinic Podcast. I'm Dr. Schwalen, licensed psychologist and expert in the treatment of eating disorders. Today I'm going to do what we do best and provide some eating disorder education. I was actually talking to um, a really great guy. He's our director of operations at the Red Clinic and at Next Steps Worldwide. Um, because I was asking him just from a parenting perspective, what kind of issues do you deal with when you are experiencing eating and food and just that whole gamut with children? What's going on in your home? And he gave me an excellent example of picky eating. <clears throat> and so what I want to do today is just go more in depth into picky eating because I think that this is a very common issue amongst parents everywhere especially with younger kids. And in previous episodes, I have discussed, you know, full-blown eating disorder picky eating, which we refer to in the eating disorder world as avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. Um, But you don't necessarily have to have a full-blown eating disorder to have a child who struggles with picky eating. And so I decided today to go ahead and talk a little bit more on that And um, just give really good examples to help normalize the struggle, but also to give some insight into when it really is an issue um, to make sure you parents out there have the tools you need to get the help you need. So the example that was provided to me today was a classic example. So you parents out there are going to know exactly what I'm talking about when I say, um, you know, this particular dad shared with me that he has a four-year-old and then like a almost two-year-old child. And um, they really prefer certain chicken nuggets from certain restaurants. Um, And then they also have a really difficult time increasing the variety in their established repertoire. So what I mean by that is kids usually have their go-to foods. You know, there'll be maybe peanut butter and jelly or chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. Or if you think about like a kid's menu at a restaurant, which I could talk all day on the fact that there are kids menus and kid foods, right? Because I think all food is like should be available to all age ranges, you know, and and kids should have exposure to um, all different kinds of foods, not just kid foods. But um, kids tend to navigate or trend more towards the kid-friendly foods. So those tend to include, if you go to a restaurant, things like chicken nuggets, mac and cheese, pizza, um, hot dogs, hamburgers, corn dogs, french fries, um, little cups of like really gross fruit. (laughs) And I say that because usually it's not the freshest or the variety that you might choose for your kids if you were putting that fruit bowl together, um, things like that. And so we tend to get stuck in this, you know, what will my kid eat? What will my toddler eat or even my school-age child eat? And then it's just easy to stick those chicken nuggets in the oven and boil up a bowl of mac and cheese or sometimes even just stick it in the microwave. So kids can can become picky eaters, because it's just more convenient for our ki- for us as parents to feed them the same types of things over and over again, especially because we're busy and we have a lot going on. There's sometimes just way too much on our plate to think about, okay, what am I making for dinner or what am I going to get for dinner? Um, and even the fact that, you know, kids tend to eat earlier than maybe the adults do in the home or they're just on different schedules in general. 
And so sometimes what's happening is, well, to stick with bedtimes or the kids' um, appetite and like when that flutters up, parents might put together a plate of food for their kids that they wouldn't eat and don't intend on eating, but mostly because they're not ready for dinner yet. Um, So there's a ton of different reasons why kids end up becoming picky eaters. Uh, The example that this dad gave me was that he was trying to expose his children to peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And so they know that their older kid will eat a different variety of foods because when she's at school, she does. But sometimes at home, she's a little bit more picky. And so the um, real life example that he provided to me was that he gave his older or his younger daughter a bite of a peanut butter jelly sandwich And it was the first time she'd ever tried it. And she made a face and kind of spit it out after a couple seconds of having it in her mouth. And so then they turned to the older child and asked her if she also wanted to try a bite. And she did the same thing. She took a bite, chewed it for a couple seconds, spit it out, and said, this is yucky. And instantly the parent's response was, okay, well then what what do you want? What can we give you? And so right there is kind of where I want to, that, that's the moment I want to talk about. Because if you know that this is one of your child's first exposure ever to a brand new food, you should um, almost expect that they're going to make a face and spit it out and not like it. That's really normal. In fact, when we're watching kids from a very young age, so this is when they're being first introduced to solids, for example, and they're getting off of baby food, or maybe even they're starting baby food, so they're on purees, and then they transition to solids at a very young age, they make a lot of faces. They are having a brand new experience. There's a lot of sensory stimulation that's happening in that moment when you put a new food or flavor in their mouth. So just take a second and think about it. You know, the child is, first of all, maybe experiencing a brand new texture for the first time. They may be experiencing... Um, completely new flavors for the first time. They might also be experiencing different smells and just the overall feeling around the food. So if the parents are a little bit nervous, like, you know, they're, they're usually really picky and this is new. I don't know if they're going to like it. The child's going to pick up on that. Um, so there's just so much going on when we introduce a new food to a child. And so when they spit it out or they make a face, that's pretty normal. It's not anything to be concerned about. It's not usually anything that is really indicative of whether or not they like it. And for you as the parent to just assume that they don't like it because of that response that they had actually is making the decision for them, in some cases, to become a picky eater. They like what they like because they've gotten used to those certain foods that they eat versus being, you know, consistently challenged and exposed to new foods. So a lot of the time when I hear the example this dad gave me, I pick up more on the parent's anxiety around introducing new food versus the child's anxiety. Now, the thing that can happen is when this pattern plays out over and over again and the parents kind of, you know, give in and don't insist on, well, this is what's for dinner. You can choose to eat it or not, that kind of thing. Instead, they turn into short-order cooks. And when they become short-order cooks, they're kind of chasing their tail, like trying to find anything that this kid will eat just to make sure their child gets something to eat. 
And that's a sign of just really good parenting, right? I mean, I would never expect a parent to not feed their child or not um, have the worry, right, that their kid isn't getting enough. Because as really good parents, they really want their child to not be hungry or to continue growing and to get the nutrition that they need. So I, I know right away when I hear, you know, parents, you're kind of chasing down different menu items so that you're, at least your child will eat. It means that that parent really cares about their kid. However, what's happened now is because, you know, in this situation, for example, this example, the parents are assuming that the kids don't like peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So the chances of them exposing their child to that food again is pretty low. What I like to recommend is that you, you give your child multiple exposures over time to the same foods over and over again. I also like to recommend that whatever you're eating is also made available to your child. So make one dinner, for example, or plan out one meal for the evening and have access to it on the kids' schedule. So early enough that you can still serve the kids the same thing that you're going to be eating that night. That way they don't miss out on those experiences. If it is possible for everybody to eat together because the schedule allows for it, then go ahead and let them see you eating those same foods. If they're interested in what's on your plate um, and won't eat the exact same thing on their plate, but they want it because it's on yours, let them eat it off of your plate. The more and more they get to see you eating a variety of foods and they experience it as a family sitting down to eat one meal, the more and more opportunity they will have to also start getting used to newer foods. So your child can go from being a picky eater to a, a, a well-versed eater, someone who has good variety, as long as you are giving them multiple opportunities to establish those foods in their repertoire. Now, sometimes parents will say, well, they just really don't like it, you know, and I know this because I have given them the food over and over again, and this is one that they just consistently avoid, you know, so then I'll just ask, well, how many times have you done it? You know, has it, is it more than just once or twice? If it's been, you know, months of presenting the food to the child and they consistently avoid it, I mean, I think that's fair. Then maybe your child truly has developed a preference around eating you know, chicken versus fish, and that's okay. Um, now, with, with parents, sometimes they get nervous because sometimes kids will have like a gagging response or it's like a very dramatic response when presented with new foods. Again, if you're not truly concerned about like anything medical or their safety, and it may just seem more like a behavioral response, go ahead and try to expose it to them again. The other question I always get is, well, you know, or, or not question, but this is a really good example I've gotten from families in the past. My child is presented the food that we eat as a family, um, but if they choose not to eat it, they at least have the option of getting a glass of milk before dinner or a peanut butter jelly sandwich or something, you know, that's kind of easy, a banana or something small so that they don't have to go to bed or, uh, hungry. Well, usually what we find is that if a child knows that those options are available to them, it's much easier for them to um, 
resist the food on their plate. And so that's when I might want to know a little bit more information. It's like, why is this child consistently choosing to refuse to eat certain foods? Um, is it because they know the other food is available to them? Is this more of like a, a control issue? Because sometimes it can turn into that for kids, especially when kids may not feel control in other aspects of their life. And then I might say, you know, we need a little bit more information here. Let's find out what's going on. And maybe I would tell a family that's the time we need to come in for a consult. Other times I might say, well, what would happen if they didn't have the option for milk or banana or sandwich um, before bed? Do you think that would make them more inclined to eat? Um, some parents are really afraid to do that, and that's okay. Because again, I said earlier that it's a real true sign of parents who care when they get nervous about send, sending their child to bed hungry. Other times, parents are willing to try it out. And then they find, my child went to bed hungry once or two times, and that was all it took. And then they started knowing that if they didn't eat dinner, they weren't going to get anything afterwards, and so then they started to eat dinner. Um, other times, we might set it up so that if there are brand new exposures to certain foods, that the child still has access to something on their plate that you know they might eat. That's a tricky thing, though. It's a fine line. Because that's when I find parents also uh, making weird combinations. And when I say that, I'm not trying to judge food, right? Because we don't do that in eating disorder treatment. But it's things that don't normally go together. So it might be whatever they're eating for dinner that night plus the, the kid food. <laughs> um, it might be this, you know, wonderful, fancy, I don't know, casserole or steak dinner or something and then they've also added like half a peanut butter sandwich on the side just so their child has something that they're comfortable with. In a way, that's almost saying to the child, it's okay if you don't try the food or give it a chance or go through this exposure because you're going to have your safe food um, available to you. Again, it's a tricky thing. So at that point, if you find yourself in that situation, I would say definitely go in for a consult. I'm not saying that everything is picky or everything is an eating disorder just because your child is picky. Because picky eating can very much be part of a developmentally appropriate process. It's when you start noticing that it's really impacting family functioning that, it be, that I want you to think, oh my goodness, there's something here. You know, I, I really should look into this and get some help. So if it's affecting your child's growth and the pediatrician is concerned or you're concerned because you know your child just isn't getting enough nutrition, um, then it's an issue. Or if it's creating conflict in the family um, where maybe you're not able to cook the same meal for everyone and you're exhausted or people just don't want to sit down to eat anymore because it's frustrating to deal with how picky the eater that your child is. Um, or you guys just stopped going out and you don't do anything around food together as a family anymore because the picky eating has caused so much tension in the family dynamic. When things like that are happening, that's cause for concern. Other examples are maybe your child is refusing to go out with friends and, and have meals with them, or they don't really fit in at birthday parties because they're the kid who won't eat the pizza or have the cake and ice cream. And that does happen even with kids. 
So if those things are happening where it's impairing just regular social functioning, that's definitely a cause for concern. But what I want you to take away from today, because the example that dad gave me today was just so normal, is look at your response first. Don't just automatically assume that your child doesn't like something because they reject it the first 10 or 15 times. Give them multiple opportunities to see you eating those foods and present those foods to your child over and over again and, and when it's normal to do so. So, you know, you might be going on a long trip or taking a picnic one day or running to the park. Pack some sandwiches. Let them see you eating one on the go and see if they'll eat one on the go. Or present it to them on the weekends when you're home for lunch, just over and over again to make sure they have that true opportunity that kids need to really start developing preferences and figuring out what they like or don't like. Well, there you have it. That's the Red Clinic Podcast today. Thank you.